This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Ding. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. We all sip at the same time. Oh, <laughs> sips are gross. We forgot to stagger our sipping so that one person could talk and the other could sip. Oops. It's okay. We're drinking this Grow Lolo. We're drinking Grow Lolo wine. Hi, I'm Kimmy. I'm Liza. And this is 51 First Dates. Welcome. Welcome. This is a podcast where <laughs> one friend helps a single friend find love. Except not really. Just more like go on a date every week. Yes, expand her horizons. <laughs> I'm in like such a strange mood. And that that friend is Liza. Hi. And she has a loving boyfriend and relationship. And the single friend is me, Kimmy. And yeah, she's helping me um, basically hold myself accountable to going on one date a week. Go on the dates. Dates. Okay. Um, yeah. And also hi to all our new listeners. Yay. We're so excited. Yeah. We have um, we had a really great response to our last episode and we're happy you're joining us. Yeah. If you found us through Lucy Fink, first of all, Lucy, thank you so much. And your fans are amazing. And we had so many sweet notes and we hope you're still joining us because dating is a thing. Totally. That a lot of us do. It is a thing. Um, if you want to feel less alone in doing it, you should join us on social media. I'm doing. We're doing a thing where we're going to say the social media handles early. Mm-hmm. So we are at Five One First Dates Pod on, on Instagram Insta. and, and Facebook ish. Yeah, um, but on Facebook, you should especially join the secret Facebook group because mm-hmm. that's like a fun place where everybody can talk about their shitty dating experiences, but, like, no one else on Facebook can see it. I mean, you guys are probably in secret groups, and you know how they work. (laughs) But I didn't until, like, kind of recently, because I'm an old lady. But if you don't know how they work, it's a group where everything is just kept contained. Nothing will show up on feeds. And so you can really get juicy, and people are, like, sharing fun stories of their terrible dates and sharing articles that are helpful, and we're all having feelings. And it's a great place to connect with Kimmy and I personally if you want to talk to us. Yeah. I'd like to think we, like, do a pretty good job at replying. Yeah. Because obviously everybody desperately wants to talk to us. That's what's, that's what's missing in everybody's lives. <laughs> I'm like, please message us. <laughs> yeah, just Send in your comments. Uh, also, you can email us at 51firststatespod. Sorry, I thought we were going to do the whole thing together. I no, I bailed on it because I was like, are we going to say this whole thing in unison? So I bailed. But yeah, so everything is is that. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. our social and our And email. if you're newer to the pod – um. You can you'll see at the end we read some or have recordings of worst first dates and best for best first dates. But let's be real, they've mostly been terrible. Yeah. I mean, unless your best first date was like someone took you to like a three Michelin star restaurant, like in space, we're probably not gonna read it. It's gotta be like yeah. It's got to be like, he picked me, first he picked me up in his private jet. Then, then he got to be me out. <laughs> yeah, for two to three hours. And then, 
So we have a new competition because we're gonna be better. So here's the deal. If you go subscribe, rate, review, just take a screenshot of your review and your rating and send it to us, email us at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. Or if you've already done that, if you tag us in your Instagram story, which we'll we'll know about. So just tag at 51firstdatespod and recommend an episode to your friends. Then you will be entered to win our new special prize. No longer mascaras, but... It's a very, very exciting prize of... A date. We're going to send you on a date. We're going to send you, well, specifically what we're going to do is we are going to Venmo you 50 bucks Mm -hmm. to take someone on a date. And the only thing we ask of you is to record a taxicab confession after your date and send it to us. Yeah. And you can, you can enter if you're not going on a first date. You can, you can go on a date with your boyfriend. You can go, you know, I, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, and, like, if we, if we get a ton of submissions, we'll do more than one. But for now, we're going to say one. We'll see how you guys start submitting. Yeah. And, like, it's 50 bucks. It's fun. Just to recap, it, we don't mm-hmm. Subscribe, rate, review. If you've already done that, at, tag, tag us in your Insta story. And then we're going to draw at random one of you to go on a, date. you on a date. And then we'll do more if you guys are into it. Yeah. So that's fun. And you could take your date on a cheap date and just pocket some cash. Totally. I'm not opposed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 50 bucks is four drinks and a tip. Yeah. So you can get a buzz if you're a lightweight like me. You should have three and get your date one. No, I'm just kidding. Be a gentle lady. Gentle. A nice photo. Or gentleman. Oh, there are all gentleman. sorts of... Everyone's That's listening. That's true. Everyone is listening. Yeah. We have a Grammy. Okay. <laughs> well, if you're just joining us, um, this is episode 20, but we are on date number 16. So I've yes. gone on 16 dates so far. And counting. Um, mm-hmm. So why don't you tell me all about date 16? Yeah. Okay, date number 16. I'm doing a really weird thing now because I, I'm i actually on my way home. Uh, we're about to record. I have a bottle of wine. I'll see you so soon. But, well, I'll see Liza. Hi, listeners. Um, I totally forgot to record my taxi cab confession when I went on my date, but I'm walking by the bar I went on. So this is a pretty legit walk that I took to my apartment from the bar post-date. Anyway, this is false first impressions because I always fuck this up, but... Man, um, thinking back, he was a rare experience where he was, like, hotter than his pictures and, like, funny and great and, yeah, but, like, hot. Um, all right. Talk more. Bye. Okay, so at the end there, I really got embarrassed because <laughs> there were people looking at me funny, so I pretended we were on a phone call. <laughs> so, and see you later. Um, wow. Wow, a lot of info. We know that he's hot, <laughs> and that's all. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to do it, and I was going to just cheat. No. But then I thought no, and I was walking by the bar on my way to record right now with this wine that we're drinking, and I was like, I'm going to just recreate it that's and do it on my headphones. Amazing. I just love, I like that that's all the all the info that we got was just like he was hot. Well, I just find it very rare that someone's hotter than their pictures. For sure, actually. He yeah. was not bad looking in his pictures, but he was How hotter. Hot was he? Like there was also some he's like about our age, but okay. some, some salt and pepper going on, but it was oh. really hot. Whoa, Jesus Christ. That's hot. It was just like, I don't know. What I, celebrity it, did he look like? Oh, that's good. I don't, mm, I've been watching a lot of ER, so I want to be like George Clooney, but that's too much. That's too much. I don't know, but he had some swagger. Yeah. And he had just, so, so more details I'll give you since I just fucked my taxi cab confession up so much, as per usual. Um, oh, he had just gotten left. He had just gotten a new job, but actually left his job that day, kind of unexpectedly that day. 
So I think he was, like, relieved. Mm, okay. And it had gone well. Gotcha. Because his boss was going away. So, yeah, he was, like, willing to get drunkies, too. That's great. It was great. fun. Nice. Which is why I forgot to record it the night yeah. But. So you guys met up. We did. I had seen He's you just hot. prior. Yeah. We met up. He's hot. What's the rest of his deal? Sure. So we met on Bumble Hinge. One of the two. Um, he is in finance world, but like kind of a cool part of it um, or different part of it. He's from Boston. So we chatted about that kind of thing. Um, sorry, I, I don't want to tell you the college he went to, but not mine, but near it. Like, I don't know. Uh, he, I don't know. I saw you. I was having a rushing around day, so it was just really nice to sit at my favorite bar. We went to Ramona, which I realized I did go on a first date there first. I'm sorry. I thought I hadn't gone there, but I did. I went on one where we then later went to the brewery around the to corner. To get snacks. Yes. Yeah, I remember that So one. I forgot. So yeah. I went, I've gone on like a jillion second dates at Ramona. I'm yeah. starting to be like this bartender thinks. <laughs> and I had weirdly <laughs> been... Thinks you're working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And weirdly, I've been watching yeah. a lot of the deuce, so... Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's like a working girl. You're going to be in deuce mode. I've been watching so much ER that I'm going to be like... I don't know, in like a little bit of a cheese 90s ball. drama. 90s drama mode, totally. mode with like possible deaths involved. Um, and yeah, so I had been there the night before actually with Sarah because she had her last day at work. And she was like, I met Ramona. So I was like, I'm going to have the same drink I always have. Anyway, he had like gotten a table, but then we sat at the bar. I don't know. He liked the bar, which I appreciated because those cocktails are dank and like, I don't know. He just wanted to keep having them. Yeah. He definitely drank at my pace or beyond it, but not in a bad way. And I'm like, good. I don't know. I yeah. just felt like, yeah, we were chatting about TV and like, oh, he asked me a really good question. I was really bad at uh, guilty pleasure. Like the movies you know are so bad, but you love to watch over and That's over. a great question. Excellent question. That's a great question. I think I was like, excellent question. Oh my God. Can we, can, can we do Let's them do really it. quick? Yeah. And again, like. I want to know Jim's too. I want to know yeah. everyone's. Okay, okay. So something, oh, I love this movie called Bandits. They had Billy Bob Thornton, Bruce Willis, I've and Kate Blanchett. It. it was like, we are stealing from banks, but it's just a bit ridiculous. Yeah. It's probably not as embarrassing. It's pretty bad. They were just like, it was an inside joke in my, with my high school friends. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it if you okay. want to like laugh at like an OCD Billy Bob Thornton. That sounds great. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so there's one. I'll, I'll come up with a better That's one. That's a good one. Jim, do you have one? Meatballs too. <laughs> I've never. Heard I've never heard of it. There's three of them. <laughs> but specifically, the second one. Two is the I'm intrigued. Oh well. I feel like mine are okay. I really like movies that are like basically like uh I. The Mummy and National <laughs> Treasure. Like, oh movies <laughs> that are, like, action-adventure, but they're bad and they're cheesy and the adventure is stupid. And, like, I, I will drop everything if National Treasure is, like, on TNT. I'm just like, well, this is what I'm doing, you know? Those are good ones. <laughs> they're that, those so are bad because really they're really bad. But you have to be in the right mood where you just want to, like, totally. watch that. And you're just like, it's so campy. All the sets and props are so stupid looking, yeah. but they're, like, deliciously stupid. Ugh. So yeah. good. Man. I'm That's sure. a great question. It's a great question. I love when I'm people... I'm a little bit blanking on what he said, but I know it was good. Okay. Yeah. I feel like people who can ask good questions like that, mm-hmm. that you're dying to answer. Like, when you said that, I was like, I have to say mine and I have to know everyone else's. And that's, like, such a good question. Like, I, that's a skill I find very impressive in a date. Yes, I agree. 
And yeah, we hung out for a bunch of drinks because I also felt like I barely know you, but good for you, dude. Like, yeah, he was nervous about leaving or and his boss was just like, oh, I'm going to be away for the next two weeks. So he's like, oh, fuck, I guess I have to do it now. Whatever it was. I was yeah. just like, yeah, you have had a day. Yeah. And we had come from a recording a cooking podcast that we were just oh, guesting. yeah. I, I was with you really yeah, right yeah, before yeah. that. So I was kind of flustered and totally. yeah. I don't know. I was re- – yeah, but – We'll plug that podcast too when it – It was all good. Yes, we will. Um, and th- and on, on the way home, if I had done an immediate taxi cab confession, I bet I know what I would have said. Ooh, I just had another thought about something we talked about, and this is – okay, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. If I were to do it right away, I would have said, like, it's a hot – Great. Fun. Wait, 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 one second. <laughs> was, was he hot? It's so funny because I don't. If, you, if I showed you a picture, you might not be like he's your type, but he's hot. I, and again, just the skill of being more attractive yeah. in person than the pictures you totally. curate of yourself. Like I guarantee, those are my best totally. pictures. Like, well, also, and I'm sure this did have something to do with it, but I feel like there's also that like X factor about attraction. You know, where yep. like when you're with someone in person and you're just like, oh, you're hot. Yeah. Like I feel like we have friends who are literal models who I think are hotter in person. Because it's, like, oh, yeah. something about them. But mm, I feel like jealous. you may also just have been, like, attracted to this guy. Yeah. 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 Can you show me a picture? Sure. Okay, guys. We are going to have Liza okay. look at the pictures right now because I pulled them up. Oh, my God. I don't even remember them. See, there are only three. Go for it. Okay. Oh, they're goofy, which is, like, so cute. I mean, he's he's attractive in the photos. He yeah. was just – it was sup- – I don't know. And he was well-dressed. No, I know what you mean. Like, he's not – he did not spend a lot of time picking these pictures. Like, they're very silly. I I imagined a very different person totally. from those. Like, I – Is this the closest picture to Sort of, yeah, like? now that I know what he's like in person. But I, I honestly feel like it's – and maybe Is that his mom? Just, yes. His mom's hot. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Like, shout out, Date 16's mom. Whoa. No, because he showed me, I know this is mom because he showed me, they do these, like, family, whatever. Yes, we talk, we hung out for a long time. Um, but when I was leaving, okay, I'll cut back. I was kind of like, all right, well, he didn't really lean in for a kiss, whatever. I was kind of just, like, walked down the street. He wanted to walk me home. And I was like, no. Even though we had talked about, this is what I was remembering, we had talked about, I was, like, talking about my paranoias and, like, just thinking about getting murdered, which is so cool to share on a first date. Um, but yeah, I were like walking home and then I think he was like, basically I was like, oh, he didn't seem that into it. He just, you know, wanted to be a nice guy. And yeah. I said no about walking me home. It's like a block away, which is crazy. But um, I just kind of got out of there, got home immediately to a text from him like, hey, let me know you got home safe, blah, blah, blah. In my mind, I was just like, I know what the night of text means, nothing, because that's what dating has taught me. So maybe he just didn't want like it to be like a weird thing where like that girl got murdered after we talked about being murdered. <laughs> so I just let it go. But then he was like, I really want to hang out again. And he followed up and we're like going to a whiskey distillery nice. for our second date, which I, we don't talk about second dates, but we do. But I just thought that was such a cool second date plan. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's awesome. So I was like, because I'm just not saying no to anything. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, I think that also, like, if you guys, how long did you hang out? Hours. I don't know. Because it was late already. Yeah. Right? So at least past midnight. Like, at least three and a half. Wow. Yeah. I mean, anyone who you can fucking talk to and hang out with for three and a half hours is, like, a good sign. Yeah, definitely. And again, they're, like, I feel like I'm on a good streak right now. Yeah. Totally. I like hanging out with all these people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> make it stop. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was just like a, it was like, especially cause I was just flustered and running around. It was a good date. I've just realized we didn't say our theme. <laughs> so should we? Yes. Yes. It was voted upon on Instagram. And while it looked like saying I love you was going to be the theme of the day, no, 3% made it rejection. So Wow, we, everybody likes rejection more than saying I love yeah, you. Yeah, but we'll do saying I love you because that's a good one to talk about. We'll not yeah. do it next week because next week we'll be recording our Valentine's Day episode. With a special guest. Special guest, special theme. You'll find out. And then we'll do it after. How about that? Yeah, that sounds then great. you can talk a lot because... <laughs> I can't talk a lot about that. I can talk a lot about that and about how I'm insane about that. I'm excited. Oh, my God. Now I'm excited. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm not anymore, but I was for a long time, so. Um, well, I personally was glad. I've been waiting to make this segue. I was glad that the theme was rejection this week because I got rejected from Harvard Business School this week. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't know that. No, it's okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Listeners, you're probably wondering why this, why this girl with a podcast, what was she doing? This was long in the works before our podcast because we also have a, a business. But yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah. Obviously, it's a very normal first world problem that I should, like, most people get rejected. But I was like, fuck, man. I had a really good GMAT. I tried really hard. But I'm not special. So. Well, that's not true, but also it doesn't matter. I mean, you're right, you're right. Those, it's just my ego. It's just no, my ego. I know. That's all. And school stuff sucks. I mean, I haven't applied for school since fucking 2005. <laughs> no, early, early 2006, right? January was when they were due. Um, but even then, it's like, yeah, it it's, just it, it sucks to get the final answer. It sucks. It's very, very like. Well, like all rejection, not to be too on theme or whatever, but it's like, it just sucks. It's... Yeah. Because I feel like rejection in in itself is like nothing. It doesn't mean anything about you. It means something about the other entity. Maybe it means like a little something about you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's mostly, say there's like the rejector and the rejectee. It mostly says something about the rejector, I think. So you... Can I blow your mind? I'm yeah. Sorry for interrupting. No. That's what the so my therapist who used to be oh my Liza's god. therapist said to me. Oh my god! I'm literally blushing because I'm you are so blushing. like. This is why I kind honored. of wanted to mention it on the pod because yeah. otherwise, who cares? Well, I do. <laughs> I, I am very sad. Harvard. I'll, I'll be trying again later or doing the Ali Wong thing of trapping an HBS. No, boys, fuck those ass. people. Who cares? Um, no, you're right, but. I think what one of my dates so far has been, and he was great, but, like, it's not about the school you go to. It's about the connection and the personality. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> I just love, I love, hot. I love her. <laughs> like, day number 16. <laughs> I just love those Ali Wong shirts that are, like, crap his ass, crap yeah, her totally. ass with the crest. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, V, my therapist, who was once Liza and my therapist, said, it's so interesting how you're making this about you, like, which... Like, not in the mean way, because it is self-involved, but, like, making it about how you weren't enough. What didn't you do when when you applied? You were so glad. Yeah, you literally you just the said, essay. and yeah. I quote, I'm not special, which, like, <laughs> lols. <laughs> and she was like, it's so interesting that you're doing this when it's really not just about you. It is truly about the bigger picture of what they're putting together and also how you do the same thing when you get rejected by men you like can't let it go and harp on why and need to figure it out oh i was like that's yeah similar to what you just said to me totally that's not 
how it works. Of course not. And if if our if we were sitting in opposite seats right now, I wouldn't. You can't. It's like impossible to see that objectively, like when you're not in it. Like it. When, oh, I'm sorry. When you are in it, you mm-hmm. can't. You can't like like. And you. I'm sure you feel this way about like. I literally have been having this conversation with Jeff all week because I'm like desperately searching for edit work, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have been just having like these deep dark like oh my god i'm unemployable i have my skills aren't as valuable as i thought they were and blah blah blah. and the market is saturated with editors. it's just fucking dark scaries and he's like you're just having a hard time getting work like this happens to everybody and yeah. you know it's just like one of those things where like but he's been in this position and, and had this it's like you can't yep put yourself outside of something and i think rejection is like the biggest culprit of that because how on earth especially when it's romantic can it like not feel personal yeah. you know like because it is, it does feel so about you, but it's not. And it weirdly was a bunch of things in a row of like, we can tell the Today Show story. I also got rejected from the Today Show in a way. we I'll say, explain in a minute, but also it was just really, really weird. So the decisions came out at noon on Tuesday and I knew that. And I, for new listeners, Liza and I both used to act, but I haven't acted in years. I haven't auditioned in years. I got called in for, I told you about this. Uh, from a casting director for a part in a movie where Jenny Slate was attached and producing. So I was like, I can't not. It's for her sister. I'm going in. Like, I know I'll fuck it up, but like, and I'll be nervous before. And it was at 1210. So it was this really weird thing where I didn't look at my phone, but I got out of the audition being like, I mean, I haven't auditioned in like over a year. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hope casting isn't listening. But like, just like, it was, at first I was like, oh, double whammy of just like, I know this is no... And then reading the email. And my dad was like, you must get frustrated not getting feedback when you get rejected from school. And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, but I guess you're used to that with acting. So it was this weird thing with like, I don't expect to get that audition. Yeah. Even if I get nervous before, especially now. I was like, just got to go for it. Yeah. Like, I don't do that with my life anymore. But I would never. I love Jenny's like too much. Yeah, I mean, heroin. And also just, that's fucking cool. So I went. And it was just this weird thing of like, maybe I have to treat it more like that. Like, I've I've been coming up. It's just my fucking ego. It's my ego, and it's massive, and it wanted to go to the best school. But everything happens for a reason, right? Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it's, like, in the same way, okay, I'm going to talk about Esther Perel. Esther yes. Perel, who I've talked about a bunch of times before. If you're not listening. She's a relationship therapist. Yes. And she has a podcast called How Should We Begin, or Where Should We Begin, and I can I never remember. Maybe where? I can't remember yeah. either. But she does basically real-life couples counseling sessions, and I talk about it all the time. Um, but she says all the time, when you choose – and bear with me because I'm going to have to make a couple jumps to make my point. Mm-hmm. She always says when you ch- – and I've talked about this on this podcast before. When you choose a person, you choose a story for yourself. So let's say, like, the person choosing is the rejector <laughs> in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And the person, like, being chosen is, like, the rejectee. Like – I think the idea of choosing a story for yourself is like really, really right on. And that means if that person who's choosing that story or not choosing that story for themselves is rejecting you, then that means like you don't fit into the story they've written for themselves. And that's about them, you know, like ultimately. And I think it's similar with school. I think it's like they – it's like this – like, exactly like your dad said, people put together a picture. And I think, like, for school, it's really obvious. For love and relationships, it's less obvious. But I think about that 
all the time. I literally like this, most of like the, a lot like this stand-up set that I've been doing is a lot about how like I, I felt, I think I fell for Jeff because he's like what I pictured myself with when I was younger mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, and like, and other reasons. And he's like my favorite person, you know, like, other mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like, and of course, like love and this X factor comes in. But I think that like it's so tough because rejection does feel, especially romantic rejection, feels so personal. And like it is, in a way. Yeah. But it's also like it's more personal for the for the rejector. I think that is so well put, Liza. And you're was it? I feel like I just talked for five minutes and didn't say no anything. because I okay. get it. And it, no, it's exactly. I feel like I'm having a life breakthrough. It's so dumb. Uh, we're, we're a wellness podcast now. No, just kidding. No shade to wellness. Wellness is good. Oh, and by the way, we didn't mean to shade vegans and vegetarians. They are oh so dateable. I'm really sorry, sorry guys. guys. Yeah, we were being silly two episodes ago with Peter Hoare, and we were yes. like, "I wouldn't date a vegan." Yeah. You're being really pro meat. Which then, <laughs> lol, I was a vegan for like a year, <laughs> and people doing? took me on lovely dates, and people were so nice and accommodating. We're like it was, it was a year that I was single too. It was like that one of the few years I was actually going on like a lot of not a lot, but like dates. And so I was I was also just lying and bullshitting. So, but also thank you to the listeners who did reach out because you did it like such mature adults. Totally. Like, so nice, so chill. Like there was no, like, thank you. Please yeah. do call us out. Like really appreciate, that was really good vibes. Yeah. Like we haven't gotten really any weird like messages. So it's just, it's a nice community. Thanks guys. Thank you. Um, Sorry. But cut back to what Liza was saying. I think you're on the money and... This makes me think about the article I posted in the secret Facebook group. I'm plugging things left and right. But seriously, it was an article on Man Repeller by Julia Birch. And I, I'll read that quote, but you guys should read the whole article. It's, the article is about hetero couples and she's done research for a book about, um, men's commitment levels, like the whole, like, why men are less likely to commit kind of at particular ages and a lot about have some men really do feel like they need to establish themselves or do things. And like this one part super spoke to me. Um, but I think, oh, do I have it close? Hang on. Sorry. Okay. The article is called my ex wasn't ready to commit. Here's my theory on why by Jenna Birch on man repeller. It's so great. It's in the secret Facebook group. I think a lot of you have read it already, but you should join if not. Um, it kind of makes me think of that. Like it's like a story. It's not about you. It's not as personal. And this, I guess this is not exactly on the same point, but here's the quote that I had pulled uh, that is from Jenna's article. It says, one of my least favorite theories, he's just not that into you. It's a popular explanation and it can work as an excuse for literally anything a guy does from canceling a date to avoiding a text to breaking up with you. But in my view, it doesn't encompass the very real and nuanced reality. I'm sorry, I just messed up my screen. But in my view, it doesn't encompass the very real and nuanced reality of how we build lives and loves. I watched this explanation gaslight some of the coolest, brightest women I knew. It wasn't that they couldn't believe a guy wouldn't be into them. It was that they couldn't believe they sensed a great connection and could be so wrong about how it would all play out. So even there, though, that's a little bit less. That's not the whole point of the article. But, like, it's about lives and fitting. It's not always so personal. Totally. Well, also, I think the phrase, like, just even the phrase, he's just not that into you, cool, that can be true, but, like, the why of that is really vast. That's you know? such it's a good point. It's like, but why? It's like we've talked about people's taxi lights being off. We've talked about this. We've talked about that. We've talked about, like, not fitting the picture. Like, I will admit, like, I am guilty of dating someone for longer than I should have who liked me a lot, who did not – and I liked him. 
he, I think I didn't open myself up to him fully because he didn't fit the picture of like who I wanted to be with. Yeah. And I didn't treat him well. It was not my, like, I feel like I've, I did the thing that I see guys doing to my girlfriends and I think, well, fuck him. He's a fucking asshole. Like I did that to someone and Mm -hmm. it was because he didn't fit what I thought I wanted. And that was like wrong and unkind. And I feel like a lot of guilt about it. You shouldn't. That's the other thing. I'm, I feel gaslit all the time and I've taken out angst on people because I'm just like, just say it earlier. But like whenever I'm in that position, which is not often, but even with this experiment and I've gone on more dates with some, it's really hard to do the right thing and just say, hey, look, nah, or not in yeah. nicer words. I was just it's, gonna- it's the much nicer thing to do is to just say it. It's a text. It's to just say, and you can take time figuring that out. I don't think you have to be like, first date, I figured it out. I think, yeah, but at a certain point when you really sense that other person, it's, it's, hints don't work forever. And like maintaining that connection doesn't work forever for the other person. Like we've all been on both sides. Yeah. So if you just think about actually doing the rejecting in nice words is the most kind thing you can do. Totally. And I feel like the impulse for so many people, I mean, I think a lot of pe- a lot of people are just taught to not be confrontational. Like yes. and I know I was super taught to never bring anything up. Not really, you know, no one sat me down and taught me that, but I feel like that's the like everything's fine is like my whole family. <laughs> like that, no. you know, everything's great. I mean, and that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it like is hard still for me to bring stuff up and I think that lots of people are, like, socialized that way, especially girls. Like, you know, we're taught to be nice and pleasant and accommodating and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and – but uh, men, too, obviously, because they do this. But then there's this idea that, like, it's nicer somehow to fade or keep someone slowly, like, breadcrumb, you know, yeah, whatever. or, like, somebody. the old school words for, like, string someone along. Totally. And you might not feel like you're doing it in the bad guy way, but you're doing it in yeah. – and women do it too. Yeah. Like I, I'm saying this because I'm suddenly realizing you got to call your own self out on that shit too, Kimmy. Like you can't get so gaslit by people doing that to you. I loved that wording from that quote. I was just yeah. like, I have been gaslit by so many people. Totally. Gaslit. 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 <laughs> it's a hard word to pass tense. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I like it. Um, what do you, ha- do you ever feel like you've, have you rejected people? Yeah. I've done a bad job about it. It's hard. It is hard. I've done a bad job, and I've also done a bad job, like, holding the line, so I also should be more empathetic to when people still want you in their life. Like, it's hard. And I'm just now thinking, with all these dates, like, I'm going to make myself, not just let it fade again or get cagey or get hinty. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to say, this is what I like about you. But I'm definitely not going to, especially given the experiment, like – yeah, I just want to make sure I'm being honest and doing the things. Because I've honestly never felt more like, not like a dude, but my stereotypical version of guys I've dated. Where yeah. they're kind of doing whatever and they're not super, like, they're kind of in a different phase. And honestly, with this business school stuff, with our business and with our, what are we doing with the podcast? With a lot of things, I'm like, wow, I just feel like my taxi light might not be on. Like, and I'm finally understanding that. From other people in my past who just, I'm just like a self-involved person who gets mad when I get rejected. Like I just, it's not a cool quality, but I'm finally kind of just understanding that it's not about me, even though it will always feel like it's about you at first. And it sort of is. It sort of is. 
But like it's also, not I it think, doesn't it's not how you can value yeah. yourself. Well, I think you also don't let yourself feel like normal pain about being rejected. <laughs> like I feel like you can I mean, I feel like you get you the global you me the anyone gets rejected. Mm-hmm. And it's painful. Yeah. And that's normal. But I feel like it's like I feel like you go really quickly to being incredibly hard on yourself. That's fair. Okay. Because I do like, feel the pain. I've gotten yeah. better at like just crying. Like I yeah. just cried a lot on Tuesday. I told yeah. everyone I was in a bad mood. Like, yeah. Woe is me. Fuck that. But yeah, I do go to it. It's like, well, I'm the problem. Because other people have made it work or other people have gotten into HBS. Like, it's I'm not smart enough. Yeah, but also like lots of people are probably looking at you and being like, well, other people have done X, other people have done Y. Know. You know, like... No, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying you know, what my... I'm, I'm totally. very aware of that thought process, and it's not cool. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, you know, everybody does it, but comparing yourself to others just is, like, the the biggest losing game that anyone can play. Yeah. I do it literally 24 I mean, we yeah. all do it all the time. It's yeah. hard with life and fucking social media and everything, and it's very hard not to, but... Yeah. You know, it's just, like, lose across the board... To compare yourself to other people because... It's so hard not to. But yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah. But also it's like so many other people are like so unhappy and you just can't see how. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's so... Yeah. It's tricky. It's so tricky. And it's like I have lots of grandma things and I do like social media and for like a lot of reasons. But I feel like it's a it's a big... It's funny because my, my sister-in-law, I have a 13-year-old niece. Mm-hmm. Hi, Samantha. She's not listening. She's not allowed to. <laughs> Do we swear too much? Uh, Do you want more of this? Um, okay, thank you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a date later, guys. I need a little warm up. Uh, she was so my. She's like you know just right at the age where she's starting to think about joining social media. She wants to join Instagram. That's what the the cool young teen. She's very cool. She's very pretty. She's a lot of really very pretty cute little friends. Um, she's a very sweet and wonderful girl. Also, um, but. Uh, she was like about to go to join. She wanted to join Instagram, and her mom was like, basically, was like Samantha, I am on Facebook, and and I just think this is like such wise fucking parenting for my sister in law because I think about it all the time, and I'm like, well, fucking, I you parented me. Uh, but she was basically saying I'm on Facebook, and sometimes I see pictures of like friends of mine hanging out, and I wasn't invited, and it really, really, really hurts my feelings and affects me. And, and my sister-in-law has like a million friends. She's very, she's not. Yeah, no, she, no, you know, she's just being she, smart. Yeah, she just parent. was like, and she's like, and it, and it bothers me. Or if I see people, you know, on really exciting vacations and I'm at my desk at work, it makes me feel really like sad and like what, question my life and my job and, you know, stuff like that. And she was like, so I think we just have to be prepared that that's, like, a big part of it. And I think about that so much. My, my sister-in-law is basically like, look, I'm in my – I won't blow up her spot. Adra, she's like, I'm, I'm in my 40s. And this still happens to me. And you're 13 and you're in, in middle school. Yeah, it's poison. And, like, I feel like it's – yeah, it's just real – but it's it can be a great thing. I mean, like, look at mm-hmm. – like, we were talking oh, – we were talking to Lucy last week and she was, like, talking about using it as a space for, like, optimism and happiness. And, like, I really believe in, like, more and more in the good powers of social media. But I think it's, like, with any good thing, like, you have to know yeah, the traps. Very true. I actually really liked being on 51 First Dates pods one more than my own lately. So I can't, like, get caught up in the 
Also, just unfollow the people who give you that. Ugh, I don't want to see that. Just totally. unfollow them. It's yeah. it's not the coolest move, but like you're, it's about you, not them. Forget them. You're I've been fine. unfollowing like a motherfucker it's lately. It's so freeing. It feels so good. You make me feel bad about myself. Bye. Like yeah. you make me feel okay. Bye. Seeing that. Bye. Like totally. just do it, and you can unfollow me. I know you probably will, but but that's fine. You know you got to do what you totally. have to do. But I think that like the um. The bells. The bells are <laughs> chiming. Um, They're like, you've talked about social media again. Yeah. If you've gotten there. Like, um, but no, I think that the, I was going to tie it back to rejection. I had a really important thought and then it kind of flew away. Let me think for a second while the bells roll out. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I think that uh, social media, like, leading to comparing yourself to others can, like, basically create this almost, like, blanket feeling of rejection. Oh, yeah. Because you're just, like, you feel this rejection from, like, all of the things you're not doing that you think maybe you should be doing. Yep. And it's, like, that maybe it feels like a stretch to say, but... I think it's, yeah, you you can feel very, like... Well, FOMO is, fear of missing out is rejection. It's the same thing where you just, like, found out from the phone or instant message totally. that your friends were hanging out. Like, that's very wise yeah. what your sister-in-law said. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Yeah. It's very real. Yeah. Um, and but I think it's, like... It's the comparison thing. It's the, if I don't get that thing, other people got, I, somehow I am not as much. Yeah. Which is, it goes with relationships. I know we're totally. talking about broadly rejection, but... But I also would argue that even if you got it, you would just feel that about something else. Oh, yeah. Like the, it's like the feeling is like... The feeling doesn't go away by getting the thing, I think. No. I've never not been rejected as much as right now in terms of, like, dating things. Like, all the rejections of this week were not dating related yeah i'm feeling like good and that's probably because i'm going on multiple dates and making it a thing and that's so dumb guys but anyone who's trying to get back on the apps like i promise we got some messages just do it it's so and if or not the apps have your friends set you up i want to do more of those if you want to set me up with anyone yeah if anyone do. has single cute friends oh my gosh York. that's the best way but just doing the thing, I, it's so dumb because this is, sounds so silly. I could see tuning into this and be like, all right, the woo-woo, okay, going on the dating app to change your, it is already making me just feel differently about yeah what dating is in terms of, it's not just going on a thing and deciding if you get reject or in the right pile. It's two people. It's, and I knew all this. I'm not like nope. a dum-dum. Like, well, not an HBS smarty, but I'm not a dum-dum. I knew that it wasn't about like always getting, I know that it's about two people in connection, but I just always took it, and not like I would text someone after a first date that didn't go well, I just always took it personally. Like, it was always my fault. It was always me not being enough. Yeah. I really don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Or I don't have time to. 
Well, I think it's a great example of like doing the thing is better than worrying about the thing. This is like a thing that I've always been like a, a toe dipper. Like, I'm very slow to, mm-hmm. like, I'm very, like, cautious. I need a lot of time to, like, ease into something. Like, I need to, like, you know, all of this shit. And, like, I wanted to do stand-up for years, and I didn't do it because I was fucking scared. And I was like, I'm just going to, like, do this or do this other comedy. You know, I just was whatever. And I, you know, just going and fucking doing the thing. And it's hard to get started, and, like, I believe in – I feel like I I have come to, like, respect my toe-dipper self a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And and understanding that, like, things – some things do need to be eased into and that, like, that should be given respect to. Mm -hmm. But getting into a flow and doing the thing – and my fear about starting stuff is all about rejection. It's all about, like, well, I'll look like an idiot. I'll get – I won't get it. I'll get rejected. I won't – you know, it's all that same shit of, like, I won't – I'm not good enough. And this is – if I try this and fail – then it'll prove my idea that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And basically everything I've ever felt that way about, if you just go fucking try it, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. It's Wait, crazy. I want to ask you. Like exercise, I feel this way where I'm like, I'm I just like, I'm, I'm asthmatic. I couldn't ever finish the mile in elementary school because I had to stop and take my inhaler. Yeah. It's like, no, I've been like, and you know, even still like when I'm at my like Y7 classes, like I had a class the other day where I just couldn't fucking do anything. I was so tired you ever in the class where you just feel weak yeah i just i couldn't hold plank for like more than like a couple seconds i was just feeling terrible and i was like in my head all of those things like you're just fucking so out of shape and blah blah and it's like you and you're like no like i'll come back tomorrow and i'll just do better let's do it <laughs> yeah well it's interesting what i want to okay i have a question for you because even what you're speaking to it was just so random that i went on an audition this week for the first time in forever. And the stakes were so much lower. I still didn't do great. I didn't have a thing where, like, I don't care now. Now I get it. Like, I still wasn't great. Like, yeah. it, it's fine. That I uh, Auditions, because they're all about judgment. Stand-up is maybe even more so about judgment because it's way more casting directors. Where I went in, gems. Like, so sweet. So wonderful. But you can have those, like, La La Land. Not to bring up La La Land. But you can have those, like terrible experiences yeah but stand up those are welcome you are it is appropriate not really appropriate but like people you're you're expecting some people depending on where you're performing Mm -hmm. to shout out or be really judgmental it's such a different vibe than even like other comedy like improv or yeah so based on that how do you deal with that rejection and what how would what do you think the best way to deal with rejection in relationships with interesting with that in mind like could that be because that seemed like the scariest way to be rejected yeah and dates are weirdly scary but they're not as scary as stand-up sorry like we're not all going out on stand-up every night (laughs) i'm gonna go on a stand-up tonight just kidding i know that's not how it's worded i just (laughs) you know um yeah yeah i mean i think that with stand-up it's funny, somebody, I don't remember who it was, it was probably fucking Louie, and then I'm going to get in trouble for quoting it or whatever, but, you know, they basically said, like, you know, stand-up's the like, hardest form of art because, like, the reviews come in every 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a hard thing because, like, if you're not, it's it's truly, like, if you're not funny, you fucking know it. Like, you can tell, even if you're getting, like, pity laughs, like, you know, you can tell. Like, when I go back, I'll, rec- I'll record my sets so I can listen to them and mm-hmm. get better and, th- you know, hear at ad-libs that worked or figure out whatever stuff to tighten. 
And I have a friend who I do a lot of stand-up with who has a really distinctive laugh, like the most distinctive laugh. Oh, I know exactly. Yeah, and I'll do a set and be like, that went okay, but not great. And then I'll listen to it and I'll be like, just was fucking Lee laughing the whole time. No one else was laughing, but Lee has like a really loud, distinctive laugh. And and so Lee like, is who, or, yeah. Shout out to Lee. Hey, I'm, um, I'm sure she'll be fine. Oh, we yeah. should have her on, honestly. Oh, yeah, um, she'd be great. But I think that like, but you know, I, I think that the thing with stand up is that when you go and do it so much, you are just desensitized to the failures. I mean, you just fail and for no fucking reason. Like, I think. Something that a lot of people do that I've been that I've been doing is do like some people call it like a yardstick joke, which is like you do a joke in the first twenty seconds that you know works, like a joke you've been using for a long time mm-hmm. beca- that you know is funny. And if you don't get a laugh or if you get a shitty laugh, you know not to take the feedback from that room that seriously. So like I have a couple jokes that I'm like I have been using these for a year. I know they're funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I regular, consistent, good, like, all unison laughs. And I'll try to do those early so you can s- feel out the room. So so it's – so there's there's stuff like that where you can kind of protect yourself from the really shitty experiences. But Because, like, mostly if you're, if you're like me and you're young and you've, I've been doing it just a year, like, you're mostly doing shitty shows and mics and it's a lot of other comics and, like, other comics are the worst audience members. So I'm not – I don't have the level of experience – Still, that though. some people have, but I think that for me, the rejection is all a chance. Now, I actually feel better and better about rejection because a, I've experienced it so many times. Like, I've gone and done sets that I have done a million times, like the same five minute set, and gotten not a single laugh. And I've been like, oh, like, okay, <laughs> like, what the fuck? And, or worse, it's just like a tepid you know, a couple laughs here and there, like a little like loose, whatever, people coming in and out, people texting, like that feeling. Mm-hmm. The like not even being, like just doing a shitty job because you're off your game is one thing, but not really being like given the time of day is another. Sorry, I'm being long-winded about this. No, I want you to bring it back to dating because I would just keep wanting to jump in because no, 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 it no. feels analogous no, to me. It's fully. And I'm, yeah. It's almost like you're talking about going on more dates. Yeah. Again, stand-up is much harder. No, well, I think For our thing- listeners who don't feel like, who feel like dates are just uh, going on yeah. a lot is a waste of time. I think that the thing is like when you're really doing it, and you're experiencing this too, when you're really doing it so much that it isn't scary, what that not being scared is. Like you were so scared at the beginning of this and yeah. now you're pretty fearless yeah. about dates. And I feel the same way about stand-up. Every single set, my like even open mics when I was starting, my heart would pound and my face would be red. Like, before I would go up, I'd be fucking terrified. Ugh, and now scary. it's like, it's really, I don't even, if I do a terrible set, I'll be peeved about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's life. I do a real terrible set. I feel bad about it till I do a good that's one. That's fair. <laughs> you know? And you still but, feel bad about a terrible but rejection. I, from- totally. But I don't think it means anything about me. Like, I don't think uh, I'm not funny. You know? Yeah. I know I'm funny. I'm just frustrated because I didn't do my best. And I think that's the thing is, like, what you realize is that rejection is a chance to be better. Anytime I – if I do a bad show, it's a chance to be, like, why was it bad? And, like, I think that's a really powerful – like, that's made me feel more empowered in all of these different ways. Because I'm just like, cool, if I'm doing a bad job at this, why? And, like, how can I be better? Rather than being like, I'm a piece of shit, I'm this, I'm worthless. I mean, I still think and feel those things at times. (laughs) But, you know, it's like – I don't know any really cool people who haven't dealt with some rejection or, like – 
I really don't. Like, that's so dumb. You don't have to. But when things go swimmingly for people, sometimes it's like you don't get that second wind of, and it's, again, I know I keep trying to bring it back to love, but only because, like, it's the only thing I'm trying hard at right now, which is yeah. weird because I've never tried hard at it totally. in my life. And not love, but, like, dating. I've never sure. tried at dating before. Well, ever. we all know people who are, like, serial monogamists who yeah. have, I mean, I have a really close friend who is one of these and is maybe struggling a little bit in her current, like, very long-term relationship. And I think it's, like, the first time she's struggled in a relationship and it's fucking throwing her for a loop, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, or, you know, friends who are, like, single after being in a relationship for 10 years, which, ha you know, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, People going through divorces and they're, like, dating again all of a sudden. And they're, like, what the fuck? How do I fucking date? Like, just keep going yeah. on them. Yeah. I but think. I think it's the, like, um, oh, my God, my brain just fucking farted and I can't remember what I was going to say. But when you, oh, when you, like, struggle, when you, when you haven't struggled, when you haven't been rejected, when you haven't failed, I mean, inevitably, everyone's going to fail and get rejected. Like, it's going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's better if it's just a current, a, a stream of shit that you wait. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you're prepared for any other shit. And rejection makes you better. And I'm going to be so annoying one more time and related to me and dating. But rejection makes you better because I can just hear a listener being like, yeah, but why would a rejection on a one date make you better? No. But think about all those bad... Or times things didn't work out. I feel like I've learned so much. Took a long time. Should have learned sooner. But, like, the way I feel like I could give someone advice who's in, like, a half-relationship-y thing who's confused. Like, I wouldn't have listened. People gave me that advice, and I didn't listen. Yeah. In so many different relationships, quote-unquote, yeah. I was in, in throughout my 20s. And I didn't listen. And they were older and wiser. But I couldn't no. hear it until you go through it. Like, you totally. actually have to deal with rejection in totally. anything you do. Yeah. To understand. And it. shit in any variety. Like, I feel yeah. like any advice anyone has ever given me is basically meaningless <laughs> unless, until yeah. I went through it. Unless it's, I like, know. concrete. Unless it's, like, Liza, your resume should be formatted like this. I'm, <laughs> oh, I can do something about that. But when people like, are, no, like, and well, if nice. you think about your career like a wave, I'm, like, none of this means anything. Yeah. <laughs> You've had the wave, so you understand that? I don't have the wave. Like, Sana. Yeah, so it's, like, any, I think that it's, it's well-intentioned and, you know, stuff gets in. Stuff gets in your head, but it's also like, um, I think the the power of doing what you're doing is you're just giving yourself experience. Like I feel like it's like, yeah, and it's so dumb that I keep being like it's like stand up because stand up is so much harder. No, it's similar. But like it's like it's, it's like weird. You are, like if you can do that, like yeah, I can go on a damn date. Yeah, it's and it's just, deal. you're just putting yourself into a deeply uncomfortable situation and subjecting yourself to judgment. It's the same in that way. Yeah. You know, and like, and like, in the process, realizing like, judgment, other people's judgment of you doesn't fucking, do, what, what does that even do? What is that, it doesn't mean anything. It's no. just some fucking thing that someone else thought. I like, know. doesn't, like, you still have to, you still come home and wake up and brush your teeth and do, do whatever, you know? Like, yeah. it's just, you're just still living your life. But... You know. I agree. I also, like, cried spontaneously, like, 45 times this week. So, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here okay, pretending same. like anything's, We didn't know. even get to the, yeah. We, yeah. I, I know that I mentioned my Today Show rejection. We'll talk about that next week because yeah. the date I'm going to go on has to do with that Today Show rejection. So, tease. tease. You'll find out next week when you listen. And next Should week. We? And we have a special guest next week. Which we also teased. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. We have a lot of teases, so you better tease, listen tease, next tease. week. Um, and it's, our, our special guest next week is very, like, titillating. 
Oh, very good tease. Yeah. Um, um, shall we do... Yeah, let's do it. Steve Duels. So, guys, Steve Duel is a friend of the pod who lives in London and is American. Oh, my God. And <gasps> I was going to be like, does he have a British oh, accent? No, no, but he, he, he speak, he's great. I actually only listened to the beginning, so we both have a surprise. Um, hey. But Steve is a writer and editor. He's been published at GQ, Complex, T Magazine, all over the place. Um, general, cool... Like has dated a lot person. That's a terrible way to describe someone, but that that was how we were introduced. So because timing is so tough with him being in London, we had him record a worst first date, and we're gonna play it. Um, and I I only listened to the beginning, but we're gonna live listen right now. Hello, Kimmy and Liza, and all of the fifty one first dates listeners. Why fifty one first dates and not fifty two? I'm not sure, but I I trust that our wonderful podcast hosts have a have a great reason for that. Um, in case Kimmy and Liza didn't give an introduction, which I'm sure they probably did, uh, my name is Steve. I'm a freelance journalist and an American in London, and I'm here to tell you about one of my worst first dates, which happened at this point now um, quite some time ago. I'm going to say this was in like 2011. I want to say. Maybe th- maybe even 2012. Um, some backstory. I came out of the closet after college, and I came out immediately with a boyfriend. So when that relationship ended a few years, uh, you know, we dated for like two and a half years or something, um, I found myself kind of in this whole brave new world of going on dates with men when I've never really had to do that before. And so I did what any kind of self-respecting young homosexual does, which was to download every single dating app available and start swiping my heart out. And so I think this was pre-Tinder, or at least I didn't know about Tinder if it wasn't, but I went on one, or I matched on, I think it was OkCupid at the time, um, which was sort of like early days of online dating because you didn't actually have to match with anyone. You just could message, you know, willy nilly like the wild, wild west. And so I got this one message from a guy who was 39. And at the time, I think I want to say I was like 26, 27, maybe. So that seemed like a really big age difference, but he seemed cool and he was kind of preppy looking, but also had a ton of tattoos and that dichotomy, I guess, just really, you know, the juxtaposition there. I'm a, I'm a sucker for juxtapositions. So I agreed to go on a date. We met once for lunch in the middle of the work week and that doesn't really count and and now later I would come to find out that he had a lot of free time because he was unemployed which is why as a 39 year old he was available for a date midday on like a Wednesday um I don't remember his name but we can just call him Kevin which I'm pretty sure was not his name I hope it wasn't because I'm going to reveal a lot of other identifying characteristics in which case I'm basically just revealing his whole identity So we had a nice um, lunch, very quick. I went back to work, and then he texted me a few days later and was like, let's have a proper date. So we went to that place called Cook Shop in Chelsea and met for dinner, and it was a really cold night, I remember. And I ordered something, and he uh, ordered something as well, and then I ordered a gin and tonic, and he ordered a water. And at the time, I hadn't even thought that, like, there was a chance there was a reason that he wasn't drinking and it turns out it was because he was sober and so I felt kind of bad um, and he said no don't worry about it and kept encouraging me to actually get more drinks which I happily obliged um, so the dinner was fine I mean there were a couple red flags in hindsight for example he told me that he wanted to marry me 
who amongst us doesn't want to do that? So I was kind of like, okay, this is fine. So dinner ends and he says, um, what do you want to do? We should go somewhere else. And now my mind is thinking, where do you take someone who doesn't drink at 1030 at night with no planning? So uh, when he suggested to go back to his apartment, I just thought like, what else are we going to do? Like, uh, you know, walk around town, like get in the back of a taxi and drive around. So Sure. So we went back to his place, and the entire time we're walking there, he's saying he keeps second guessing this decision. He's like, "Should we go back? Should we not? My apartment might be messy. Um, there's cat hair everywhere. You know, a lot of concern. Again, a lot of cause for concern." Um, then he aggressively made out with me on the street. And so I was like, okay, I, I sort of see where this is going, but let's just take a ride. So we get back to his apartment again, stopped a million times. Finally, we're outside of his building, and I just say, like, it's fine. Like, I don't care if it's messy. Let's just go in. Cat hair, be damned. Let's do this. Now, um, it's important to know that I already knew prior to him even saying that there was cat hair everywhere that he had a cat because amongst his many tattoos were several on his hands that uh, were an homage to his cat. So that's what we're dealing with here. In addition, in addition to a neck tattoo that I believe was some kind of Chinese symbol um, and tattoos on his knuckles that read born free, one over each um, of his knuckles. So that was, again, I was still all on board for that despite this. So we get in and the apartment was indeed messy and he laid down a sheet from his linen closet on the couch so that I could sit there and not be covered in cat hair. The cat was giant. I mean, a giant long haired cat. Um, so I was very grateful for the sheet being laid down because otherwise I certainly would have been covered in cat hair. So at this point he says, I'm going to go back into my room and get changed to something more comfortable. And so I'm thinking, okay, like maybe he'll come out in like sweatpants, a t-shirt, um, so imagine my surprise when he emerged from his bedroom wearing corduroy shorts and only corduroy shorts, brown knee length corduroy shorts. So, you know, again, as a young, impressionable youth thought, maybe this is normal. Maybe this is his version of comfort. Who am I to judge? And now we started making out whatever uh, over his shoulder as we're making out. I can remember this as clearly as though it happened yesterday. I I caught, you know, caught some uh, spines of books that he had displayed and counted several biographies of Hitler, which was certainly alarming. Um, He then asked me if I wanted to couch surf. Um, One of the many mysteries of of this date is whether he actually knew what couchsurfing meant or whether this was like a sexy euphemism for something. And uh, frankly, I would just rather not go down that road. So we'll leave that one unsettled and just leave it where it is. So we start making out. Within a minute, his, uh, his corduroy shorts come right off. Um, where he tossed them on the floor, which, I mean, honestly, a magnet for cat hair. But anyway, um, and underneath them, he was wearing tidy whities, um, except they weren't so tight as they were like loose and baggy and kind of dumpy. Um, so dumpy whities, I suppose we can call them. I, mind you, am fully clothed, fully dressed. I took off my sneakers and that's it. We start making out more. And then he says, I'm going to come. (laughs) At which point I sat back and just said, this is okay. Uh, and he finished and then immediately got dressed and started apologizing profusely. Um, And it happened so quickly and so suddenly that I didn't even really have time to react. I just watched it as though my body were watching from like above. Um, I was grateful for the warning, so I didn't have to take part 
part in that. Um, and then it was, you know, very clear that he was that it was done. This this our, our time had come to a close. And so uh, within a few seconds, since I had only taken off my shoes, um, I, I was fully dressed with my coat back on. Um, and he thanked me and shook my hand, which was new. Um, and then I was like, okay, I guess I'll see you later. And so I walked out and by the elevator, um, waiting for it to come, which was directly across, um, the, you know, the hall from where his apartment was. Um, I'm standing there thinking this was so bizarre and happened so quickly and really escalated fast. And I wonder what the cat thought of this all. And all of a sudden I hear the door open behind me and I hear his voice say, he wants to say goodbye too. And in the split second before I turned around, I thought, is this the fucking cat who wants to say goodbye to me? No, no, it was not the cat. I, I turn and, and see him standing by the door with his penis out of the fly of his corduroy shorts. Now, what would I have done as 33-year-old Steve? I would have maybe, you know, politely nodded, said, said goodnight, and turned back around. What did I do as 26-year-old Steve? Was so flummoxed and nervous and thrown off and crazed that I went over and like, um, you know, a president shaking the hand of a, of a veteran in a wheelchair, I leaned over and shook his penis and said in a voice that can only be described as unsettling and terrifying, oh, good night to you, sir. And then we made eye contact briefly. I heard the ring of the elevator, got in it, and ran from the building when it came down to the ground floor. So um, the sort of, you know, epilogue to the story is that we did not see one another again, although years later we came across each other on another app, and he messaged me, I owe you an apology. And I thought it was going to be, you know sorry for ejaculating everywhere very suddenly or um, putting you in a position where you felt like the best alternative and the easiest way out was to shake your penis, my penis as though it was a hand. But instead he said, I told you on the date that I would take you to a horror movie and I never did. To which I say, Kevin, oh, you did take me to a horror movie. Thank you and good night. Oh my God. Oh my God. Holy shit. Oh my God. I mean, how do we even begin to unpack that? We were dying. So we're going to put the recording in, but we were dying laughing. We have never laughed like that. I literally like my, my jaw was dropped (laughs) that whole time. (laughs) Everything from every, every detail. I mean, the long haired cat. The fucking Hitler funny <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, those are, those are horrifying. Yeah, so it's all horrifying, but Steve, you told it in a very hilarious way because of your wit and um, perspective, perhaps. The sentence, with his dick sticking out of his corduroy shorts, <laughs> will haunt my dreams. <laughs> I can't. It's, it sounds fake. It's oh so my God. terrifying. I'm so sorry that you yes, went through sorry. that, Steve. Sorry to laugh at your pain. But also, what the fuck? People are so crazy. That's scary. I I feel the sh- the I, shaking because also when I was young I would do weird things. Like I I totally get that weird yeah. vibe. I shook a dick like but like I've also never had a dude come in the hall be like he wants to hey. so oh, I, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh my god. That I can't get over. I it's insane. Uh, also like I don't know if I can ever go to cook shop again now. Oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> cook shop. Oh yeah, this is like I don't know why I was suddenly picturing London, but it started at cook shop. Yeah. Oh, damn. Somehow I was like he's, he's this kind of creepiness lives somewhere else. Nope. 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 It's that's America. my hood. That's my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. God. But it's so upsetting, like, how tone, just, like, tone deaf so many people are. Like, you, you know, you're on a date, and this shit just starts going down, and this person just clearly can't read the signal that Steve was obviously putting out, which was, like... This is extremely tone deaf, too. I know. Yeah. What... It seems like maniacal or on the spectrum. I don't know. Or just, yeah. Really sad. Yeah. But I just think what's really interesting about Steve retelling it is truly the perspective. Because there are so many times that perspective helps. But this is one of those insane experiences where it it must look like completely different. Totally. And also I think it's like so important to remember too. Like I I love how he said like what 33-year-old Steve – would have done and what 26 year old Steve would did were very different I was exactly that way like I never like part of I think all of the stuff that's going on now with like sexual harassment and and like the me too movement and everything is like validating like leave like walk out like I did not walk out of so many sexual situations I felt uncomfortable in because I was like I'm just making it up it's fine like like I don't want to make him mad and then he'll murder me I mean don't if you're in this guy maybe whatever but like it's just like fully like just and that's why i love the one we read last week or a couple weeks ago with the guy who's like overtly racist and she's just like i threw my money on the bar and i walked out yeah like yeah i wouldn't have been able to do that at like yeah like at 24 maybe but like it's I feel like just walk out should be our new (laughs) instead of saying go on a date just walk out just walk just walk out go on a date but also just just walk, walk out, out. <laughs> like yeah yeah i like it steve thank you for sharing steve, um, i hope we didn't <laughs> first of all everyone should follow steve at mr duel so m-r-d-o-o-l he didn't ask me to do that i just i didn't I, we were introduced through momo my roommate sarah's sister who's been on the pod um she knows steve lives in london and they're friends but jesus that was hilarious yeah. so follow follow steve on twitter because i'm going to right now and, like, I'm going to come to London and, like, try to hang out with you. Yeah. No, I think we need to have Steve out. We need to make it work. We'll have yeah. him on as the guest. Um, oh, London trip. Okay. I have a friend. I have a couple friends live there. I can go to London. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Expensive. Is anyone listening in London? Hey, yeah. If you're Ooh, listening yes, in London. They are. There is UK listeners. Really? Okay. A decent chunk, yes. UK listeners, will you hit us up and let us know, like, where in the UK you are and, like, if you're in London, if you'd hang out with us if we came? Yeah. What if we just did a meetup in, in London? Just yeah. be like, hey, we want to do lunch. Like, yeah, I wish there was a way to make it not scary where we could all, like, go and you guys could all come record your first dates, like, with us, though, and it would be totally. loud. Like, you could come, but it wouldn't be creepy, like, murder situations. I wish you could record on the streets, pretty much, but you can't. <laughs> We'll figure it out. We will. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thanks so much. We wouldn't be here without you. Remember the contest. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, subscribe, we'll you on a date. And all of that stuff. And follow us and join the Facebook group. Because it really does help. Those yeah. iTunes things. I know I'm so annoying about them. But no. now I'm like, fuck yeah, let's get this totally. out there in the world. I'm inspired by Lucy. I'm inspired by Steve. I'm inspired by... Liza Bye. and her stand-up. Grow truly. Lolo wine. This wine is inspiring to me. I'm actually also, going keep, on my date now. Oh, my God. Also, I keep saying Grow Lolo. The name of the wine is Grow Lolo. Grow Lolo. Grow Lolo. Grow Lolo. That's all I keep saying. Grow Lolo. I need to do Grow Lolo. All right, listeners. Love you. Go on a date. But also, just walk out. <laughs> yes, for sure. Be safe. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Special shout-out and thanks to Jim from 5 Ohm. 
for recording our episodes and making us sound pretty. Yes, thank you. And also a big shout out to Anthony also from Five Ohm for making us sound really good in post. And you should check Five Ohm out online at fiveohm.com. And that's spelled F-I-V-E-O-H-M. Ohm. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.